Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, you seriously never saw Cabaret? Or, come on, you never watched Election? Or, how have you not seen The Taking of Deborah Logan? again and thank you for joining us for a very special episode of how have you not seen i'm your co-host caroline thompson i'm a very special carson vets and <laughs> this is the movie <laughs> podcast where each week we typically pick one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen and usually we talk about it and then most of the time we'll go and watch the movie and then normally we talk about it again and then i think it's pretty pretty much always a really good time yeah yeah most of the time yeah <laughs> So um, that very strange way that of doing so it. That was so fucking cryptic. If this is your first listen to this podcast, I'm so sorry. No, I Please. love it. I went with the I went with the usually because I didn't want to be like a damn dirty liar, and then Carson mm-hmm. jumped on the next one with it. So I was like, we got it, we got to we got to pull the train to the station, baby. Glad um, you said yes, and good. Yeah, no. Uh, but so, um. On this week of How Have You Not Seen, uh, full disclosure, neither Carson or I have seen this film. No. However, cheaters. No, 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 no. Not cheating. <laughs> not a um, cheat. If you head over to patreon.com slash pod and you, uh, if you subscribe at our top tier level, one of the perks is that we work with you to select a film for our following season. And so um, this film is brought to us by a patron and friend of the show, Caitlin Matthews. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Hi. Um, and so this week we're talking about the taking of Deborah Logan, which I'm super excited for um, because it's a film that I've long been meaning to see. And had I watched it before the season was over, it probably would have been on next season's Halloween. But I have not, so it is not, so we are watching it now. So thank you, Caitlin, for the suggestion. And um, Carson, Corey, I don't know. Do you want to kind of run the circus? Uh, Yeah, I'd love to. Um, So how have you not seen The Taking of Deborah Logan? Is that where we're at? (laughs) I thought Caroline was going to say, how have we not seen? I know, I thought about that too, but I was like, no, no, got to stick to it. It's got to be, the question has to be hurled I'll, at us. Well, Caroline, I'll let you do, I think, the majority of the talking here, because I don't, I don't know. I don't, I didn't know this movie existed. I don't know anything about it. I mean, it yeah. has long, long been said about this, uh, about me in this podcast that I'm not a horror boy. And I think that's the only thing I know about this. So I, I don't know shit. So right. what about you? I mean, <laughs> this has been one that's been on a long list for me for a long time. And in fact, my, um, my partner and I, uh, she messaged me like the last week of October last year and was like, hey, I want to put together a list of 31 horror movies like mm-hmm. that we're going to go through in October. And I was like, really great idea. And I had this thought in the back of my brain, but I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Is, um, because due to COVID, um, 
like we've mentioned on this podcast before, we're all we're all theater kids. We mm-hmm. are all um, to some to varying degrees theater professionals as well. Um, but uh, it was my first show I had done since before COVID, which means it was the first show that I had done whilst uh, in a relationship with my partner in like mm-hmm. two years. And really, I only snuck like two or three in at the beginning of our relationship because COVID happened relatively early on. Yeah. But anyway, so she messages me in September and she's like, let's put together a week of or a, a list of 31 films. And I was like, cool. I was like, I was like, she does know that my show opens in mid-October and I will not mm. be doing anything for the first two weeks of the month, right? Like she knows. I was like, yeah. whatever, like we'd like movies. We'll spend like a but we'll spend all day Saturday and Sunday, like the weeks before Halloween, like just watching horror movies. Like that'll be awesome. And then that didn't end up happening. We got to like six because I was yeah. literally not in our apartment for the first 18 days of October or whatever it was. Yep. But so this film was on the list. Um, and this is one I've been meaning to get to for a while, but um it is kind of that thing in terms of the how have you not seen uh, question. It is one of those things where it's like, this is like a, this movie is kind of hard to pin down because mm-hmm. it is like, it's like an indie horror film. And it's like, it kind of got a little bit of buzz and it's been, I think, I think it's like been on Netflix. I think it's been on Hulu. And it's one of those movies where I'm always kind of like, I'm always kind of like, okay, it got like decent reviews, I'm pretty sure. And like, I see good things about it. Is it actually good? Or is it just like the people that like I follow, like weird horror people on the internet who can kind of like find the gumption to stand for just about anything? Um, I'm just like, is it, is it? I know, I know, they're 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 wonderful, beautiful people. Um, but because of that kind of like unclarity with it, it is one of those things where I'm just like, you know, I haven't, it hasn't been thrown in my face by Netflix when I'm scrolling. It hasn't been thrown in my face by Hulu since I've been scrolling. And so I just have not yet taken that time to like sit down and hit play on it, even though it's been kind of in the back of my brain now for probably like the better part of two years. There you go. I think that's a great answer. So yeah. I think what's up next then is what do you know about uh, the taking of yeah. Deborah Logan? Yeah. But I already said I know shit. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, very little, like I said, like kind of like a mid-ish budget indie horror, which like, I mean, for indie horror is probably only a few million dollars still, but like, yeah. I, I, I don't, not a huge film. I'm not a huge film in terms of like commercial release, not a huge film in terms of production to my knowledge. Um, I'm not sure what the actual numbers on it are, but it was just one of those movies that kind of like, I saw the icon on Netflix or one of those things like years ago. And then over the few years, I've just kind of heard like, you know, cause it's only a couple years old. It's what, like 2017? Uh, it's 2018? actually 2014. 2014. Mm. Okay. So it's even a little bit older than I thought it was. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those ones that I feel like every six months when somebody puts out like a, horror movies you probably haven't seen but should like I always see this one on there um and yeah I mean I believe it's about a possession right it's about the the titular (laughs) titular Deborah Logan getting possessed getting took uh yeah yes looks like and I believe that the poster art is like a very scary looking older lady because she is possessed she is presumably by something yeah, presumably Dang. by a, a, a scary entity. Um, 
And that's really all I know. Like, Corey, like you're looking at it right now. Like, I don't want to spoil anything for myself by like looking stuff up, but like, is it anybody like I like I would know in terms of like caster? No. No. Okay, cool. Uh, Okay, cool. cool. I mean, you you both have a like deeper bench of knowledge than me. Um, but I mean, uh Jill Larson plays Deborah Logan. Cool. Yeah. Um no, I, I, that's, uh, yeah, no. Like I texted okay, both cool. of you when I was f- putting together the game, I was like, well, yeah, probably can't do Laura Dern or recast it because yeah. <laughs> none of these names mean anything to me. Jill um, Larson would... was Brie Larson's mom <laughs> in, in room. And <laughs> Brie Larson was in, uh, was in Captain Marvel with Sam Jackson, who was mm-hmm. in. Yeah, Jurassic Park with Laura Dern. There we go. We got it. Um, right there. Right there. Oh, that lady was in Shutter Island. So, uh, oh, uh, oh. So, I mean, yeah. Leo's an obvious one. Yeah, DiCaprio. Leo to, to, Leo to Django and Shane, Sam Jackson, Jurassic Park, Laura Dern. Boom. Yeah, there it is. We did it, kids. We, we did, did it, it, kids. Good job, y'all. Um, <laughs> well, I think with that being said, if that's all we know, uh, we are not playing Laura Dern this week. We are. Playing. We just crushed it for free. Yeah. yeah. Pro bono. <laughs> You're, Bonus points. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> we are playing a classic on the show, Rotten Tomatoes, Price is Right. Love it. So, like we always do, the first film that we are starting with today is The Taking of Deborah Logan. Again, I know nothing about this, but if it's like an indie darling, I'm just gonna 80, 80. Cool. I think that's a strong answer. Yeah. See, this is the hard thing. This is the hard thing, mm-hmm. especially with the horror community, is I have seen and I have personally stumped for horror films that are like 42%. Yeah. You know, like I have yeah. personally stumped for films that I have been like, no, 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 you just didn't get it this thing fucking slaps (laughs) like what is wrong with people reviewing this thing because this movie rules actually so like i could literally see this being like a rude 42 or i could see it being like oh no it's great like there's a reason people like it it's like at 92 percent you know like i truly Mm -hmm. don't know um so carson you said 80 i did i'm gonna go a bit lower i'm going to just to cover my bases, because I need to win, I don't actually think it's probably going to be this low, but I'm going to go ahead and say 50, because then if it's anywhere between 50 to 79, I win. You know, it's a good, yeah, it's a good guess, really. The next film that we are going to be guessing is the 20, oh no, 2008 Liam Neeson star vehicle. Mm. Taken. Ah, I was oh, thinking fuck. about this. How it'd be great if at the end of this movie it was Liam Neeson came back to to get Liam Neeson get her goes back. to hell and takes and like drags her <laughs> oh, soul back. That'd be a fucking cool movie. I'd watch the shit out of that. Taken four. Taken <laughs> taken to hell. Um God, what is taken? That's a really good, that's a really good movie for this game, actually, because I do not know. I'm gonna say 60. Yeah, so I have seen Taken an entire yeah. once, and Corey, it was in your dorm room in college. That's so funny. 
What? That yeah. Big-time dorm room movie Taken. Maybe, no, maybe yeah. one of the only times I've also seen Taken, I guess. Yeah, like it... Oh, trust me, we were not, like... We were not, like, locked in with the film, yeah. like, loving every second of it. It was very much a... I don't know if it was one of your roommates or if it was just on one of, like, the six fucking channels we got. <laughs> I mean, it strikes uh, me as an Ethan Dunn favorite, so I, I could see I it. I mean, I could see it. Oh. Um but yeah, I just remember it was like, I don't remember if we were like just hung over after like a long weekend or what, but I just remember like sitting on your couch in your dorm room, my freshman year of college and just like watching Taken and like it being a resounding like, okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and say, Carson, what did you say? I said 60. She's stumped. I really am. Big broker. You broker. Because 60 is a really, I mean, 60 is a really good guess. Mm -hmm. I thought so. That's why I guessed it. (laughs) I'm going to say, I'm going to say 63. Okay. Wow. I think it's it's lower than that, um, but I need a win and I won't be so, so awful as to do 61. But uh, the thing is, is if it's not 60, 61, or 62, um, uh, You're gonna either I like win or nobody wins. Doofus, yeah. <laughs> you take this all down with wins. you. Yeah. All right. The last film with which we are going to be guessing is the 2017 uh, Hugh Jackman star vehicle, mm. Logan. Mm. Clever. Oh, it's fun. secretly a Western. Um, I tried to see if Debbie Does Dallas uh, was on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was oh, not. Oh, that's so, so funny. <laughs> um, I mean, Logan is a good movie that people liked. A lot. A yeah, lot. people liked it a lot. Yeah. Remember when Logan came out and everybody was like, are superhero movies done? Are we just <laughs> No, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't know. Um, Might be a little ah, that might be a little high. Might be a little high, but I'm gonna say 90. Fuck you. I like round uh, numbers. That's sorry. what I, I like, was gonna say. Damn, too. I'm sorry. I like round numbers this game. I like this game because uh, Carson for some reason always goes first and always guesses, <laughs> guesses what Caroline's gonna guess. Yeah, it's because I'm polite <laughs> and I yield the floor to my we need to follow to the esteemed gentleman from Ohio. I am. I am I man spread all over this game. I just say, <laughs> nope, I'm first. Uh, Sorry. Fuck, because I do. I really think it's going to be low 90s. I really, yeah, really I mean, do. That's, it's such a low 90s movie. Um, Not a mid 90s movie directed by Jonah Hill, but a low 90s correct. movie. Correct. <laughs> 92. Fuck you. <laughs> fair. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Oh, awesome. Okay. Very fair. Great. All right. We'll cool. return uh, in the second half. Hell yeah. Love that. We're going to go on to the taking of Deborah Logan, and we'll Let's see you guys it. in just a minute. We're back. 
Yes, we are. From I was going uh, to say we are back from eczema. Yeah. Oh, oh, and you also picked up on the fact that this town and the county was called because oh, they spell it later in the movie. Like, yes, they, well, they spell it at the very end. At the, very, at the very end in the newscast. And I, the entire time, and like, I get it. Like, yeah. I'm sure it's a real place. Like, I'm sure they are very specifically in Virginia. Yes, they are with in this, Virginia. With this film. So I assume that it is probably a real place, probably a real county, but like, just they kept saying it and like i Every turned to my partner because like they said Every it the time. first time they said it the first time and i'm like i'm sorry did they say exeter county and she's like yeah i guess i'm like okay okay because i just swore i had to have misheard it and then later they were like eczema and i'm like no they did say eczema they said like, eczema this county like, is the like, skin rash and i was like i was like they said exeter right because i swear i heard mm-hmm. eczema but it, it has to be exeter and she's just like, yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, 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 she was paying like, she was like paying attention, but not paying like wildly amount of attention. Yeah. So. Here's, here's what I think it is. I think having watched the film in its entirety and seeing the way that it's spelled at the end, my guess is that it's like supposed to be like an indigenous word. It's like a Native American thing. Okay, if you type in if you type in eczema e x u m a and then you start to type the word county, the top Google search is eczema county Deborah Logan. Love it. Uh-huh. The fictional town of eczema. <laughs> this is a review from modernhorrors.com. Um, in the fictional town of eczema, yes, pronounced eczema. Incredible. Assume Incredible. In Shingles County. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so snaps, we're back from eczema, for Virginia. for that, yeah. Maybe we, we probably spent a little bit too long on that, but that's okay. No, we uh, spent enough time on eczema <laughs> because it was a thing that I thought about for the entire movie every time I heard it. So we do have to, before we go any further, before we uh, get into it, we do have to return to the game. We're doing Rotten Tomatoes, Price is Right. Uh, Corey, yes. do, you have the, do you have the scores, what we said? I sure uh, do. Oh, yeah. Graciously. You guys don't know. Uh, I told no. you we were going to have a tie. All right, oh, so. yeah, you did. Hell oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh. Taking of uh, taking of Deborah Logan, Carson said eighty. Mm-hmm. Caroline said fifty. Damn mm-hmm. it! I know what it is because I looked it up over the weekend. This movie is ninety-one. Wow! Yes. Dang. Good for, yes. Good for you, Deborah Logan. Good for good you. For De- good for Deborah. Good for Deb. Film number two, the Liam Neeson classic film Taken. Oh. Ca- Caroline said sixty-three. Carson said 60, and we both busted. Taken, no. taken clocks in at 59. What? <laughs> I think the closest we could pretty much, um, we, could, we could collectively be and still both bust. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hate that. Um, all right, so Logan. Uh, Logan is the last film. Carson guessed 90. Caroline guessed 92. Logan clocks in at 92. 94. Oh, yes. So Caroline wins. So we are currently one to one. So I'm going to go. This is so close. To Rotten Tomatoes. uh, Is there a film called Of or a film called Deborah? I'm looking for Deborah. Is it just Ma? No, no, Deborah. Um, have you both seen the movie Ma? I haven't seen Ma. I, I've, seen Ma. I've seen Ma. I've seen Ma. Uh, fair enough. 
Um, Carson, you've seen Get Out, right? I own Get Out on Blu-ray. Caroline, you've seen Get Out? Oh, yeah. All right, Tiebreaker is... Oh, Tiebreaker is the film Get Out. Oh, oh shit, 95. God damn it, that's a really good guess. Um, yeah, I know it is. That's why I guessed fuck. it. <laughs> I'm going to say 90 and really hope that Caroline bust. Ooh, Caroline takes it. Get Damn. Out. Get out clocks in at 98%. Damn. Oh my God. I Thank mean, God I'm Rotten Tomatoes surprised. does something right. I mean, uh, honestly. I'm not surprised. Hey, 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 in Rotten Tomatoes' defense, Rotten Tomatoes only, Rotten Tomatoes only reports data. That's like, true. Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> Rotten <does> not, <laughs> they're a neutral uh, arbiter. Yeah, Um, I gotta say, like, I'm glad that Get Out is that high. I'm actually, like, Pretty, pretty, pretty surprised that there weren't enough mm. terrible people. Like, I knew it was going to be high, high, which is why I guess 95, but still, like, 98 Ooh, is... That is higher than I would have thought. Very impressive, Ooh. yeah. Ooh, I do, before we get back to it, I do have to say something. And Corey, keep all of this in. This is important for the podcast. Yes. I got to the end of my cup of coffee. I'm drinking my coffee out of my my big Spider-Man mug, as I do most of the times we record this podcast. <laughs> And the whole time I'm drinking it, I'm like, oh, there's something kind of weird about this. And I get to the end, and I think most of it had settled in the bottom. It's just all grounds. No, I'm pretty sure that the cashew milk I put in this coffee is uh, bad. Oh, <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure. Because uh, uh, but I was like, there's something weird about this. There's something weird about this. And then by the time I got to the bottom, I'm like, oh, no, there's something wrong about this coffee. I also, um, if there's any, like, coffee snobs listening to the podcast today, I will say that... Um, the very heretical thing I've been doing recently is making uh, Walmart brand dark roast with my AeroPress because dude, I am disrespectful. Dude, nothing wrong with it. I, you know? I, I, I don't quite drink Walmart brand, but like I'm straight up good with a big old, with a big old tub of Kroger brand because I drink mm. so much coffee. It is just like, it's financially irresponsible it, it for is. me to buy nice coffee. Well, here's the thing that I usually do is I'll get a big tub of the Walmart brand and I'll make cold brew. And you'll cut it? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I'll cut it with a little bit of, well, you know, a little bit of something, something, you know, really get me going in the morning. But no, I'll make like a shit ton of cold brew. And then I'll get like a good coffee. And then just like, I'll have like a re one really nice cup of coffee every couple of days. Um, but the past month, I really have not been doing that. So I've just been just brewing just the world's worst coffee, which is also why I was like, ah, eh, this coffee tastes bad anyway. It's not too bad. But then once I got to the bottom, no, it was bad. You're like, the taking of horrible. Deborah Logan. Back to the taking of Deborah Logan. Okay, so let me just get into it. I think that my willingness to cop talk about my coffee choices today reflects the fact that about five minutes into this movie, I immediately was just like, ah, oh, no, this isn't this isn't for me. This isn't this isn't for me. And then that, and then I was like, no, 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 Carson, like chill out, just you know, watch it neutrally, pay attention. And then by the end, I was like, no, 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 this, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. I was just not, just not my jam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have in, in, in very, in a, in a very me fashion, in a way that is very on brand for me, I feel like this is one of those movies that like, did I love it? Not really. Do I see why it piqued a lot of people's interest when it came out yes yes, yes. and i think that th so i mean it's it's talked about a lot with horror is that horror films i mean like all the way back i mean even going back beyond the evil dead like i mean even going back to like texas chainsaw even going back to 
I mean, fuck, even going back to like the, the 50s, maybe even the 30s, I don't know. But like they are films that can be made very cheaply. Mm-hmm. Like horror has always been that genre. I mean, I think before you get to like um like the 70s, like new Hollywood stuff, I think studios embrace that model too. But then I think once you get into like the 70s, 80s, I think you find a lot of directors making directorial debuts with horror. I mean, like you see with Sam Raimi, like of course. Yeah. Um and I think it is one of those things that it's like, I understand why this film coming fresh out of the gate to like, you know, probably some smaller like indie festivals and like, hey, this guy has never directed a film before. And like, like I can see this like tearing it up like in that scene. And I think there's a lot of really, really cool stuff about this movie. And it's got some really creative um, horror elements to it. Yeah. As an actual story, the way it unfolds, it's pretty ham-fisted. Yeah. It's pretty uh it's pretty clunky, but I think that like if you are a horror like a capital H capital F like horror fan, TM, mm-hmm. you know, uh I I really think I I really see why people who are super into horror are into this movie. Yeah, and that's like that's I it's something we talk about this podcast a lot because I'm like I'm not a horror guy, but like and Caroline's a little bit more you know in the horror fandom than I am. But even so, we are, neither of us are, you know, those We people. are film I, fans. Yes. And I appreciate a lot about horror, but like yes. there are people who are like, no, I'm a horror fan. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit about the Oscars. I don't give a yeah. shit about like superhero movies. I don't give a shit about like, uh, like studio dramas. Mm-hmm. I watch horror movies and I watch yeah. every horror movie that's ever been made. Yeah. All the way down to things that are, you know, I've seen every directed video mm-hmm. fucking whatever if the hellraiser film which by the way hellraiser one hellraiser two pretty fucking great carson you ever seen hellraiser you no. haven't we're doing it this all right fall, yeah halloween there we go uh <laughs> but like, yeah i mean like the way i am into horror because i love because i love the evil deads and we just did friday the 13th and i love that you know i like the slasher stuff and talked about jordan we did nightmare on elm street rather sorry again look it's all i i don't know none of this it's all greek to me it all bleeds together but like and you know in the same way that like yeah i have an interest in anime because i like hayao miyazaki and we talked about akira last season and i really like i really appreciated akira but like I, it, but you know, it's just, it is not my language. It really is all Greek to me. But to to your point, Caroline, I was watching this by the end of it. I I had the two overriding things, which is like, this is not for me. I kind of had no interest in this film as it existed. But I was like, I wonder, I was like the director of this. I wonder, cause this is like 2014. I'm like, did this guy like direct Hobbs and Shaw? And I just didn't know about it. Like, did they give this guy a like, and, you know, because that's kind of, that is like literally the thing. Like you do a couple of low budget horror movies, then they let you do fucking Aquaman, you know, like James Bond exactly, or whatever. Exactly. Um, and so I like, I looked it up and. Well, hey, hey, don't sully James Wan's name like that. James Wan is not. No, J- hey. James Wan had made like a fucking hundred films. Yo, I'm not, I'm not, hey, I love Aquaman. <laughs> I'm not. Yo, me too. Or I'm the Ocean Master. Yo, Aquaman rules. <laughs> like, I'm not saying. I'm not sullying Aquaman. Um, but I looked up Adam Robitel, the director of this, and like, I mean, he's just done a couple of things. Like he did, I mean, they let him do an Insidious. I mean, I know the Insidious movies. Like I've heard of those. I've never heard of Insidious, The Last Key. And no, then like, yeah. and then he did both of the Escape Room movies, which are also which two movies that I've heard are of. are supposed to be pretty good. I have heard they're good, yeah. but also I don't think that they exist exactly. Um, but- 
hey, he partnered with Darren Aronofsky. He did a thing for Netflix soon. And in 2019, it said he was doing a thing with Sam Raimi. And like, I get it. Cause this thing is clearly like very well made for it. This thing is clearly two things. It, yeah, this is like stupid, almost just like a real. Yeah. yeah, it's like stupid, cheap, pretty, you know, well-made. Like in terms yeah. of just directorial talent. I can see Sam Raimi getting to the bit where yes. she is deva- literally devouring the child. A cool like, bit. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he, I'm sure there was stuff he appreciated before that. Yeah. But like, you know, if nothing else, like that's where I was like, holy shit. Because that was my thing is like, I was watching it. It's kind of corny. Mm-hmm. It's like when she got to the hospital and I was like, I was like, oh, so this is like pretty much over, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, I had to pause it because I had to go to the bathroom or whatever. And um, I was like, oh shit, it's only like halfway over. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was kind of assuming that this was going to be one of those like quick in and out, like like 70 minute horrors, yeah. but no, it's a, it's a full 90. And so I was like, I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, uh, okay, cool. I was like, I bet this back half is just going to be filled with a lot of cool bits. Mm-hmm. And it is. Yeah. Like, the um i think that there are some really really creative scares in this movie and not even scares because i was never like truly like terrified or gripped but i think there's some really cool horror gags and reveals in this yeah, movie yeah yeah there's a lot of good um, ideas um and, and and i think i think that is the thing i appreciate the most about this film is found footage movies it's very easy to like i mean found footage movies because they are the cheapest of the cheapest genre yeah they are really easy to make kind of dumb and like, oh, like everybody knows like the found footage, like, you know, the paranormal activity, the door shuts. And that's a knock on paranormal activity because paranormal activity scared the shit out of me when I was 16 and saw it for the first time. Um, you know, like her clipping up onto the counter is- Pretty cool. Super cool. And it's the easiest special effect yeah. in the world to do. Yeah. It's the easiest fucking special effect in the world to do, but it's so effective when they do, when like they have the time code over it because it's like, it's really easy to render just a time code in Adobe mm-hmm. After Effects and just pop it over footage, like pop it over two different clips of footage, like on a higher layer. You know what I mean? Like, it's so easy. Like it's the easiest special effect in the world. Like If you know how to use a video editor, you can do that yeah. so easily. But it's still so effective. Yeah, it's it's big rainy shit for sure. Um, I can can we take a brief diversion just because that does remind me, and I do need to talk about him. My favorite character in this movie, which is guy who acts like he's in a horror movie the entire time and is very aware of what's going on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know the names of like. like any- I'm gonna put my cross on the window, <laughs> yeah, guys. He's, he's, yeah. like, he's he does. It's literally like he holds the camera to himself. And it's it's as though he goes, "Hey, I'm the I'm the fucking film editor on this movie. Welcome to Jackass. I'm gonna go mess with a demon. Let's go!" And like, he pulls no, yeah, cross. Well, and that's the thing too is it's like, you know, that another really good like yeah. a, a super cool effective effect mm-hmm. is where she blows the fucking window off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like again, like anything with like a whip pan like that is really it's so, so easy, easy to, just pull to edit. Thing. Yeah. But it's just like it's so easy to edit. But at the same time, like they they do it, they pull it off very well and it's used in a very creative way. Because it's I, like nobody expects nobody expects the window to be blown off. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's just it's just so I, I I do appreciate the film for that. And I think the story that the film tells is like 
very perfunctory. Yeah. You know, it's very much like, all right, well, we want to do a found footage, like horror film. So, okay, it's going to be about possession. So like, okay, who's possessing who and why? And like, yeah. we'll figure it out as the film goes. And it's, it is kind of that annoying thing that like, I find to be kind of annoying in movies. Like I don't love to CinemaSins things. And it's, I'm hoping that the, I'm not oh doing that God. here. But it's like, the only thing I could think of during this whole fucking movie, Caroline. Sorry to interrupt, but like that no, was, no, no, yeah. I, I felt so CinemaSinsy the entire time watching this thing. Yeah, it's just like, well, there is that thing of like, you know, like not everything has to be set up, you know, like you mm-hmm. don't have to, you know, you don't have to have the thing where, you know, um, they're driving to the town and, um you know, the the woman is just like, yeah, so we're going to the, you know, the main filmmaker is like, oh, so we're going to mm-hmm. Exma County. And the guy is just like, Exma County, you mean where that guy killed all those kids in the 70s? Like, you don't yeah. necessarily have to do that. But I do find this happens a lot in early career horror films, especially, is people are so focused on tech, like technical aspects mm-hmm. and craft and like, we're going to make some fucking terrifying effects we're gonna do some cool shit that i think our story unfolds exactly like this where it's just like she's like oh my god my mom is possessed by somebody who could it be i don't know let's go to the library oh my god there were child murders in the 70s mm-hmm. it's like there were yeah like i understand that you can't just like set all this stuff up in the beginning but it's like you find these answers really quickly yeah. and like you just you just arrive to the correct answer five minutes after you start looking for it and yeah yeah it was i mean very convenient the plot look i mean the plot in this thing is held together with string which we keep talking about like Raimi and wes craven which is a big feature of like both of those two guys um but oh, like, yeah i did i did kind of really want this thing to be I mean, Go a I little want, more bug nuts i want it to th- okay two things i want it to be basically again we're talking about Raimi. i want it to be just more like the evil dead in that one i want it to go more bug nuts and two i would like it if it was like an hour long i think i would like this movie more if you cut out if you cut out half an hour of them just like talking about shit i I think i would have been more gripped by it if it really was just like this guy's director real you know definitely um because all the cool bits are cool but all the stuff in the middle i just really do not care about and um Oh, what was I trying to say? I was thinking of something. Oh, oh, but I need to return because I just, it needs to be said that this dude, the one cameraman film editor, whoever the hell he is, I love him because he literally at one point, he's just like, fuck you guys. <laughs> this, we are in the middle of a horror movie and you do not care and I am leaving. Like, and then he never comes back. He, he never, never comes he back, never but comes you've got to respect the hustle. <laughs> Which is so good. Because he's is, like the main, he's like the third like, most talky yeah. person in the film. It's yeah. like, yeah. He's also um, the guy that like, when she goes up at the counter, he's like, the time code is the same. She's going on the counter. Do you not see that something bad is happening here, guys? Definitely. It's um, very good. Very good. Yes. Um, yeah, but no, I think that, okay. So here is a thing that I just, I would like to talk about. It's a I won't even say a problem I have with found footage films, but it is this thing that like, because found footage has become such a, such a genre in and of itself. Yeah. Um, or maybe, maybe genre is not the right word, but such a, um, you know, such a, such a now known way to construct a film. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like, I do feel like a lot of, especially like indie found footage movies kind of miss the point of found footage quite a bit. 
in that um so there's two things you can do with found footage right you can make it fully found you can make it fully found right and be like it's you can go Blair Witch style like it's it's the it's the 90s they're recording on a camcorder so there's a tape you know it's just you it, it, it you put the thing in and it runs another thing you can do is um you can have it be an actual like we found all of this footage and we cut it all together because that's kind of what you have to do nowadays because everybody's filming on SD cards and you can't put in an SD card and hit like you know like I mean I guess you replay could, all exactly I guess you could yeah. pop it into a playlist and play it in order but like that's yeah. just like not how it works so like the thing that I find to be funny is like this film and this isn't the only film I think of like this if you guys have ever seen ads above so below it's very similar in that it's like this film is edited together to be a horror movie. Yeah. Complete oh. with non-diegetic sound effects and music. Yep. Yeah, no, this is, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it is this thing of like, of just like, if this is found footage, why are there, why are we cutting back and forth between the different camera views in a way that is created, in a way that is intended to shock and scare the audience with like actual like, bombs yeah and like oh, and like needle drops at scary points and i think that that is just a thing that like i think i don't know i think about every time i watch a found footage film and i don't know if other people think that way i have because not... found because we've become so used to found footage that we just are like oh it's a found footage movie whatever like brain off like okay so Caroline, I think I'll come at this from the opposite angle, which is I have not seen a, a lot of, because found footage is mostly a horror thing. It's not, I mean, other than like, I'm trying to think of like a non-horror, like Chronicle. I mean, yeah, Chronicle. I mean, Cloverfield, yeah. but even Cloverfield yeah, is like that's, the, 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 the mm -hmm. intersection of sci-fi and horror. Yeah, it's like one foot into horror. Like it's scary, but. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the, I, I mean, I think that's kind of the, that's the Blair Witch trick at least is like, if it's if it's found footage, quote unquote, we can we can kind of layer this like this kind of um th this like little bit of realism onto it where it's like oh this could happen. It's just like it's a shorthand to making you scared. Um, exactly, exactly. But coming at well, that's the, that is yeah. the thing with Blair Witch because like yeah, if you watch the Blair Witch Project like nowadays as an adult, which, wait like, the movie you know, Blair Witch or the movie The Blair Witch Project? The Blair Witch Project. Okay, yeah. Um, nineteen ninety whatever nine yeah. I think. Um. Maybe seven. I don't fucking know. Um, but like, that's the thing. I, I watched uh, The Blair Witch Project mm -hmm. again, like early on in COVID because I was like, yo, I haven't seen this since I was a kid. Like this thing's going to like scare my fucking pants off. And it's like, it's scary. Like it's unnerving. It's disturbing. But like the thing that really gets you about Blair Witch is like, if you can trick your brain, which they did in all of the fucking marketing when it came out of like, no, this is real. Like we yeah. literally just found this tape and like yeah. thought it was interesting. So we're like showing it to people documentary style, but like, no, this is real. And like people lost their fucking minds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, when you know that like, spoiler alert for the Blair Witch Project, I guess, when you learn that it is a fictional film. Uh, well, <laughs> when they yes. roll credits at the end, <laughs> yeah. like, these are the actors. This is the director. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I do find it, interesting and i do find a lot of um found footage films have a problem with necessitating why the hell they're mm -hmm. 
why the hell they keep rolling the camera through all of this. Yeah. And I think that this one almost works because it's like, no, we're making a student film. However, yeah. they, it, the goes story... from, it goes from a PhD project yes. on mental illness. Yeah. Very quickly, like we're researching child murders from the seventies and <laughs> yeah. like burning snakes and like, you know, like if I'm, if I'm the, the, the main woman who is doing her PhD project, as soon as we get to like, we have yes. to burn this corpse to, uh, yeah. It's like, Oh no, camera <laughs> off. Like this exactly. is not part of it. That having been said, like, I mean, I, and I think that's where maybe this movie does like bust for me a little bit is I think that like, all good horror, I talk about this a lot um, in terms of like the ambiguity is the point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And with horror too, I talk about like, you know, there's there's the metaphor that like when you take that one step further with horror, it's like, is this all literally happening or is it all from the perspective of the character? Is, mm-hmm. this, is this reality or is this like a dreamlike expression of what it feels like to go through these circumstances as a human being? The answer is it doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like is... You know, is I mean, Halloween's actually pretty literal. That's a, that's yeah. A Halloween's like, very much about what if a guy had a knife uh, and was in your house. Yeah. But like, but like, you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street is like, hey, yeah. you know how like um our our parents construct like hyper constructed this like um suburban quote unquote paradise to keep us all safe, and uh, it actually is just like 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 it's a prison. Yeah, like middle yeah. class white people are just as prone to murdering children as anybody else you're going to mm-hmm. meet in the big city. Um, it's like, you know, like is there an argument to be made where it's like, oh, this is all 100% literally happening in their dreams? Or is this just a metaphor for suburbia? And the answer is, it doesn't matter. And so I think that like where this film kind of loses me a little bit is like, I almost wish that the main PhD student um, was like such a fucking skeptic, was trying to prove them wrong. Yeah. It's just that thing of like, where she goes full 180 from like, you know, like, this like I have been studying this for the last six years during PhD. You guys like this is a mental illness. Like yes. she has hardcore dementia or she has whole hardcore Alzheimer's. She is like going down this hole and like guys like this is textbook dementia stuff. Yeah, and it's like and it gets a little less supernatural, a little less early, and then the crux of the climax is she sees something she cannot see. Like maybe it's her devouring the mm-hmm. girl or whatever. And it's like, oh shit, no, this is real. And then yeah. the climax is, the climax is a 100% science skeptic dealing with like there are greater powers in this world than I'm giving yeah. this world credit yeah. for. Um, that that is, I mean, I was thinking a very similar thing, especially basically by like two thirds in the movie. And this is this is, I feel like especially I do this a lot where I'm just like, no, but the way you fix this is, which is right, not right, right. great criticism because it's just, you know, it's not dealing with what we have. It's like trying to change it. But I was like, the I was like, the obvious fix for this thing is you make it a little bit just you add just a little dash of satire to it and you make it like a the PhD project is not like a, you know, about Alzheimer's. It's about like the idea of like you know, like online, you see like scary videos online and like modern urban folk tales and like how like one scary image will get, it's like a communications thesis. 
And it's like, there are all these scary videos of this woman in this town doing crazy stuff. And like you said, Caroline, this PhD student is like, no, this is clearly just, she has dementia and people aren't watching her and you get one weird video and then people, you know, spiral out of it. And hey, the Blair Witch Project was a movie and that's kind of, and you know, paranormal activity. And that's like rotted all our brains and we can't be, you know, neutral about things. And she's like, so I'm going to go and just prove that it's normal. And then it doesn't happen. Like you said, like, and you make it kind of a metatextual movie about the idea of found footage, but that's not the movie we have. But I like, right. I'm thinking that because the stuff that I like about this movie, all the times when it grabbed me were like the scares. Basically, I agree. It's like so, so abrupt. But once we get to like, there were child murderers in the 70s. And it was related to an ancient Native American ritual to commune with a demon to achieve immortality. I was like, oh, that is so much more interesting than all this Alzheimer's stuff. Like, I don't really yeah. care about this woman, but the ancient demon rituals, that's pretty cool. What if the movie was just that? Like, Yeah. No, and yeah, and it, it's, it is that thing of, I agree that, I do think that they, they they jump on board with oh this is a film about Native American demon cult, uh, culture yeah. which like is like, all so I'm pretty sure it's all like made up nonsense gobbledygook it's, yeah definitely 100%. I don't want to and and maybe it's not maybe it's not maybe it is actually based in some folklore that I am unfamiliar with but I I just want to say like I don't take what the taking of Deborah Logan is uh, saying I, about indigenous no. cultures to be <laughs> necessarily anything true but like that as a concept is. Yeah either make your movie a little bit more about that or make it a little bit less about that. Yeah. But the fact that you kind of reach the midway point, it's like, oh, I found this book on like mm -hmm. Native American rituals. Let's fuck it up. Like, yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is what this movie's about now. Um, but yes, it's a little bit jarring, but yes. that's okay. And yeah, yeah. The other thing in relation, because uh, I, I was going to say this before we got a little off track, but like, I agree with you, Caroline. I from the other from not having seen a ton of found footage and not being like so ensconced in the genre the entire time I was watching it I was like yeah wait why are there music cues why is this edited like this the first 10 minutes in my roommate comes in and she was like oh you're watching the movie and I go why does this already look like a horror movie if this is supposed to be and it's a little cinema right. but also it, I think it breaks the generic conventions of what they're doing where I'm like if the beginning of this movie is very directly just supposed to be the like we've edited half of this thesis film and we're just showing it to you why is the color palette like that why is why is the sound design like that like why are they getting these like crazy ass angles of people that make them look horrifying like why is it like that also and I don't you know this is this is maybe even more of a nitpick but like the actors in this movie are right in the middle where I'm like, they are too good for this to be, like they're acting, like capital A acting too well for me to believe that these are just like normal Joe Schmoes, but they're not like so good that they're able to like make it all, you know, like really draw you in. Like they're not Francis McDormand in Nomadland, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Carson, have you seen The Visit, the M. Night Shyamalan? No, I've, post-old, I've really, I've been meaning to oh, and watch it's his really good. It's I've heard really that that one's good. pretty cool. It is, it is. I've heard that that one justifies its found footage. hundred percent. pretty well. It does, it does. And it, it is a, this is obviously a, a bit of a tangent, but yeah. it is a really good example. And maybe the best one since probably since Paranormal Activity, which I think justifies why the cameras are rolling. Because mm -hmm. Paranormal Activity, the 
premise of the film is weird shit's going on in our house. Mm-hmm. We're going to film everything so that we can figure out what it is. Yeah. Because like, maybe it's a ghost. Haha. I don't think it's a ghost, but like, boy, howdy, sure hope not. Yeah. So like, <clears throat> paranormal activity justifies it really well. And I think the visit is like the best example since then of like, why do these characters keep fucking carrying around this camera? Mm-hmm. Because like, that's the thing with paranormal activity is like a really smart move that that film makes is they set up all the stationary cameras. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's almost always just like, because they let the cameras roll. Yeah. Like they're they not like, oh my God, I'm running from these demons. Keep rolling up my DSLR. But like, mm-hmm. um, and the visit does that really well. And the visit also has the best Shyamalan twist since the sixth sense, maybe. Mm. Like, you know, everybody like knocks Shyamalan for the twist, but that one has a really fucking good twist that I did not see coming. The twist in old where they turned old was pretty good though, I will say. Um, So here's another thing I was thinking of the entire time watching this movie because I, and I just remembered it because we were talking about like, oh, I said like, is there a found footage genre that's not horror? And the only thing I thought of, which is kind of, I don't, I mean, not like ubiquitous, but definitely has gained some popularity is like, well, the mockumentary is a thing. Like that's, yeah. that, which, and that's that, I mean, really that is, that is that, that link between comedy and horror that gets talked about so much, you know, that they're both these two genres that are very cheap to make and are based on like setup payoff and all that. But like, like I, I just was thinking about it as we we're talking about it, like, yeah, you know, one of the things that like, the last couple seasons of The Office does, especially the last season of The Office that kind of breaks it, where you know how in the last season of The Office, it's like suddenly they become very concerned with like, hey, what's going on behind the camera? Like, what what's the cameraman's emotion? And it's like, no, I don't care. You've just, you've broken the the spell of what this show is. Like, yeah, you know, like it doesn't matter. Like you don't need to justify what's going on there. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. You need to find a happy medium between the two things of just like, I mean, it's it's like any film. You need to make the camera invisible, but it's just that if you're doing found footage, the demands of how you do that do become a little different. They become a little odder. Exactly. I agree. And I think that's the thing, like the difference between mockumentary and found footage is important because mockumentary is, you know, it, it, the conceit of it is, all of this stuff happened. And then what you are seeing is the finished product of people um, having sat down and edited it. Mm -hmm. And I do think in the digital age of filmmaking, it becomes a lot harder to have quote unquote found footage. Yeah. um, Because like, you don't find footage in the same way. Like, like I was talking about earlier with Blair Witch, it's like, it's on a, you know, it's on a digital cassette, you pop it in the player and you can hit play and it just runs which is just not how digital file recording works. And so like, it almost has to be, even if it's like almost like a posthumous documentary, you know what I mean? Like the, the product that you are watching has to be in some way, like in the digital age, like found footage, quote unquote film, it does almost have to be like, hey, we found this SD card or like, you know, one of our PhD students like went out and like died and like we somehow <laughs> got the camera dead. back you know what i mean and it's, like, yeah. and it's like we compiled the footage for whatever reason you know you almost it does almost have to be like a guiding hand whoever that may be sat down and did edit all of this stuff together mm-hmm. um which is a thing that like 
gets a little awkward with this movie because there are like, like I was mentioning earlier, like specific sound cues mm-hmm. and editing effects meant to terrorize the audience. So many bombs. The, exactly. They do the Inception bois like five times. Yeah, it's, um, uh, I, I mean, it is very odd, especially given that there is a title card in this movie that is like, this is based on, a re- this is real life stuff. Like, I don't remember exactly what it says. It's like, this is a mixture of, you know, the documentary and also some other stuff. And I'm like, yeah. Well, it's like, it's, that's the thing is it's like, um, it's like, oh, this is, um, you know, in 20, real in 2013, research. she went out yeah. and did this thing. And it's like, I think that a thing that a lot of modern found footage movies maybe don't get so much is that like, if you look at Paranormal Activity and you look at Blair Witch, a thing that is very effective about them is the fact that you don't see everything. Yeah. And the fact that like the nature of a human being holding a camera while running for their life, like you're going to miss stuff and you kind of only see things in the periphery mm-hmm. where you own, or like, you know, this character runs from something for 15 seconds and gets to a clearing and turns around and like is looking behind them. And you just catch like, you know, you don't see the thing that's chasing you until 15 seconds later. And I think this film like really cuts around so that you can get good looks at everything. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, it's kind of like, that's not what's a, Effective about found footage. Well, except for the except for the stretches of time in which it just turns into all camera shake. Like that's oh, that final scene in the cave, which is one of the more compelling bits, just because so much is happening. Oh, definitely. Is is still really I I mean it's the thing I said already. Like if you cut half an hour out of this movie, but if you cut like two good minutes of just camera shaking and yelling and you just kind of kept the greatest hits of that scene, I think it would be a bit more compelling. But there's like, I mean, yeah, because like, look, when she unhinges her jaw and tries to swallow a child whole, pretty cool. It's pretty, really cool. Pretty cool it is image. Really cool. Like, really liked it. It was, it was some evil dead shit and I appreciated it. But like, the fact that there is like five minutes of just straight like, no, you gotta keep going. Oh, camera shit. No, keep, oh, I got the gun. You got the gun. Oh, she's dead. Oh my God. Like if, if you cut half of that out and then you just gave me <laughs> the old woman on hinges or John tries to eat a child like a snake. Like, I, you know, I would have liked it more. It would have been better, I think. But No, definitely. And I think that a thing that we have gotten away from with the found footage genre is the idea that like the unclarity of it all is yeah. where so much of the tension comes from. I mean, it's not seeing the shark in Jaws. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, if you see the shark in Jaws and you see this 1970s animatronic, you know, going to bite an actual human body, it's like, it would still probably look cool. And I'm sure Spielberg mm-hmm. being Spielberg would have made it, you cool. know, made it cool, but it is just that thing of like, because you never see the shark, it is like so much more effective. And that's the thing with found footage is if like you turn, if a character turns around and sees a demon, right? Mm -hmm. And then the demon lunges at the camera and the character takes off and all you're seeing is the ground as they're running. Yep. And you have no idea what's happening. And all you get is that visceral tension of like the sound of somebody running for their lives and that discombobulation of like, I too am like, in a sense, running for my life and I don't know where I'm going. I'm, I'm not going anywhere in particular. I am, yep. I am just running and that's the only thing that matters. Like that comes through with found footage. Yeah. And I think that a thing that a lot of modern 
found footage movies do is that thing that you're talking about is like the characters are reacting in such a way that they are yelling what is happening mm -hmm. so that even if the camera isn't picking it up, the audience is right there understanding all of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess found footage should, especially in those scenes, in those scenes of high tension in the I am literally being chased by a demon right now scenes, they should follow the same rules that like really any action scene does you should have clear setups and clear payoffs you should have a good sense of space and like i think that maybe the thing is, is that people see the found footage and they say okay well that's a shortcut we can communicate the reality of the scene just by you know somebody's holding a camera and therefore it feels a little bit more visceral a little bit more real but you can't forget all those other basic bits of like film language like you still do need to define the space you're in and you still need right. to like have setups and payoffs you can't just shake shit around right or on the contrary to your point though yeah. um, as well like you use the limitations of found footage sure. to purposefully alienate the audience from those things yeah you know like you're saying like you have to have a clear sense of space and i think that a, a thing that's really i mean i do think like a person sprinting for 15 seconds, like communicate space in a way that is yeah. different than like, we got a, a tracking shot five minutes earlier through this set. So we know where everything is so that later when they run through it, we know how far, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That is still a way of communicating a space in a different way. Sure, sure. But it is using the limitations of the genre in order to in order to still either set up or play with those expectations. I mean, that's something that, and dear God, I mean, it's been a long time since I saw this movie. But as I recall, I mean, that's something that like Cloverfield does fairly well. Yes. That like yes. you always, that just that every so often you get these little bitty shots of the monster and you understand, oh, well, I know that now we're here and it was, it was over there or it is currently over there and they're trying to get over here, you know, like, and, I mean, the kind of that movie, again, my memory of it is pretty bad because I think that like that movie doesn't really amount to much plot wise by the end. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty much like what if there was a big scary monster? Yeah, exactly. Which thing. is like, again, a cool, hey, great like director reel, like great, you know, J.J. Abrams has a production company and they can make some shit, but like. Yeah, I don't, you know what's a really oh. good, sorry, go on, sorry. Oh, I just want I to say, hold that thought really quickly. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. think, no, I want to hear your awful thought. It's un unrelated, thought. so keep um, going. But the thing about Cloverfield too is Cloverfield has a good hook for why we are watching this. Mm -hmm. And it is that thing of like, okay, after we killed the monster, like we had our team go through and like do like decontamination yeah. mm -hmm. and we found this camera and what you are watching is like a military report basically. Yes, yeah. It's like, oh, these kids who are out here actually got a lot of footage of this thing. Mm -hmm. So we cut it all together so that we can kind of get a timeline. Yeah. And it's like the 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 bumper at the beginning is kind of like it's like military intel. It's like, you know, this is to brief who whatever scientists like this is yeah. the piece of evidence. Yeah, which is good um, justification. Which like I think works really well for like why the fuck are we do we get this like neatly edited together account of this terrible footage if it's mm -hmm. like yeah. And it, and it's a little thing but it goes a long way. So I was thinking of two things, which is like one, we were talking about Mockument and it just combined in my brain and I'm not sure that this is relevant in any way, but hey, whatever, we go on tangents. Um, so I was thinking about when I was talking about mockumentaries and that being kind of the flip side of the found footage thing. And then also my critique of sort of the acting in this and the thing that, I don't think that I communicated this directly, but like when you shoot actors that are doing a 
pretty good job, but not a terrible job and not an excellent job in this way. To me, it just kind of feels like bad theater. Like it just feels like the thing we were all doing two years ago where we were shooting like Zoom recordings of theater shows and you don't have that that audience intimacy. And so everything feels a little alienated and a little wooden in a way that I don't think helps this film in particular. And I was like, you know what's the great, like those two, the fix for both of those two things is fucking succession. Like fucking succession is a little bit of mockumentary in the way that it's shot because it's all handheld steady cam. And if you do any research into that show, like the, they do extensive rehearsals so that they know where everyone is in space and the camera people are like empowered to just like shoot things in a way that feels very um, uh, POV. And they occasionally don't shoot things in the way that are like the most optimal, um, you, you know, like optimally seeing the space, but you get interesting bits of information. Like the camera ha- is itself a character in that show. And like- Yeah, and the fact that they never, um, you know, I, I agree. I yeah. I mean, Succession. Hey, hot take, good show. We're going to talk um, about it when season four comes out, let me tell you. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I think that a cool thing about, I mean, I won't even say a cool thing. I think to your point, mm-hmm. it's because they never go full-blown mockumentary. Yeah, no. You know, it is yeah. shot so much like that, and it has it's that not, vibe. Yeah. But, like, at no point, like, do they have, like, does Kendall have to turn, like, Corey, you've watched Succession, right? Yeah, I just caught up. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. I thought you had texted us that, but like, so spoiler alert for uh, season two of Succession, like it's a big fucking thing. So like turn this, or maybe it's the end of season one, I think. Uh, But turn this the fuck off if you haven't seen Succession, but like, or we just, don't or have to have just skip seconds. ahead. Yeah, skip ahead. Well, that's, like what I mean. that's, yeah. what I mean. that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Don't stop listening. Don't do that. Um, uh, go to patreon.com and then you can. Then you can uh, but um, it is that thing of like, we don't have to have the moment where Kendall turns over his shoulder and it's like, hey, dude, like, I'm going to go do drugs with this waiter. Like, want to get in this car with me? And, you know, he, like, Kendall doesn't have to save the fucking cameraman from the wreckage of the car. Well, here's but we the- still get that very, like, gritty. And I think that's a thing that, like, I think a lot of contemporary found footage films are kind of in the gray area of that. Mm-hmm. And, like, Succession is using the language of yes. documentary and mockumentary to make things feel very real. And I think that's what a lot of found footage movies think they're doing. Yeah. They think that they're just borrowing the language mm-hmm. and because like, oh, people know what found footage movies are. So now I can cut between all of my cool shots and make them very, like very cinematically, whatever. And so at that point, you're not borrowing the language. At that point, you're completely mm-hmm. bending the rules of yeah. the genre. It's, it's, it's the thing that like the what we do in the shadows TV show does really well. I think that like every so often they remember because that is very much a mockumentary. They reference the fact right, that there right. are cameras around, but because it's a comedy, the fact that there are cameras around can be really ridiculous, and they can point out the fact that it's ridiculous that there are camera people following them around at all times. And you can do the horror and the comedy with that show, you know, because you don't have to worry about justifying why are these people still here because it's like who cares you yeah. know um every scene if if succession was a straight up mockumentary every scene would begin with logan saying why are the cameras here like he you know yes. would, yeah yeah exactly it would break yes it. and then there'd be that moment where tom could just be like could we turn the cameras off please and like <laughs> and then and then shiv is like no i want them on them on and then oh, god yeah. i just want shiv to be mean to me yeah. i just want shiv to be mean to me god why are there cameras here 
No, it's okay. I, I okay, I have to say, and then we have to get back to okay, taking the devil yeah, yeah. to wrap up. Yo, uh, I am incapable of watching um, the I the the Joe Wright Pride and Prejudice now. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I I watched the like the the speech in the rain scene uh, yeah. right after I finished Succession because like literally straight up. I mean, he is such a good actor. Mm-hmm. Matthew McFadden is so good. I was halfway through season three, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's fucking Mr. Darcy!" Like. Like I was halfway through the uh, fucking season three before it clicked in my brain, and then I like I went on YouTube and watched that scene, and I was like, I can't, like I can't do it, like I can't do, it. like that's Tom. Yeah, like, that's Tom. It's 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 it's. I feel bad for um uh, what's his face who plays cousin Greg. Uh, oh, I love cousin Greg. Well, I yeah, love but Greg. he's so like he's so perfectly that guy and this is his first big role and i'm just like god where are you gonna go from here man like i mean he's great i hope he has a wonderful career yeah but yeah you seen those uber eats commercials with him no oh they're pretty good they're pretty good uh, so the taking of deborah logan. Okay, can i can i jump in for a second please the taking um, of deborah logan roy all right I'm done. as we start to- oh that's really good carson that's really good <laughs> i got him go god damn it um just as we start to shift towards the end i just wanted to yeah. jump in and say i'm not I, i'm not gonna argue i'm not trying to make a longer discussion i just wanted to say that i love this movie a lot oh good talk about it Corey. i um i don't know i've discovered that you know in, in doing the show i think that i'm a bit of a i'm a bit of a horror bitch uh mm. and i um i love that for you <laughs> I don't disagree. I see I see most of the points that y'all have made and I'm just mm. like yeah, but it's cool and it's fun. Uh <laughs> it's fun to watch and it scared the shit out of me. Like yeah. there were a, there were a lot of really good scares I thought. Um like you said the lady her eating the little girl's face off was crazy. Pretty crazy. Um, I kind of liked the plot. I I I hear what you're saying, but I I thought there were some um I, I don't know in retrospect i'm like yeah okay but in the moment i was like okay okay and then what's next and then what's next and then mm-hmm. what's next um, yeah i really i have not seen a lot i haven't watched a lot of like haunting possession type stuff uh but i did haunting of hill house late last year and it's something oh that it's I excellent fucking adored oh it's excellent and have wanted to like kind of broaden my horizons in that. And I really, I just, I just really appreciated this. I just thought it was, yeah. thought it was really lovely. Have you seen Midnight Mass, Corey? No, not yet. Okay. I love that Mike Flanagan exists because I think Mike Flanagan is a really, really, really messy storyteller. And that's what I love about him. I love about it so much that he will literally go on like 15 minute, like tangents about like why characters like in a, really melodramatic way feel the way that they do and then uh it makes me sob and it is all of his work is incredibly wonky and it's incredibly like clunky for me and that is why i love it because i know he will make me sob by the end of it so i have cried at every fucking mike flanagan project uh at least all three of his tv shows didn't love i didn't love uh is it logan's game i'm Gerald's game. I didn't love Gerald's game. game the Sti- the other Stephen King adaptation he did. Yes. I was gonna I was gonna say have we Caroline have we talked about how Doctor Sleep is two movies mashed into one movie? I haven't seen Doctor Sleep. Oh, Caroline, you gotta see Doctor Sleep. It's pretty well, good. It next is season. It is the oh yeah we should. That I've is heard, the, I've um, heard the director's oh, cut is quite good. Oh oh no we're doing um Patreon baby when we're doing when we're doing resequels pop that in there. 
Doctor oh, Sleep. Oh shit, that's it's a, a legacy sequel. It's a legacy sequel. We're gonna do it. Uh, if you're interested in hearing us talk about Doctor Sleep, uh, subscribe to the Patreon. It'll happen in a couple of months because that movie is two movies smashed into one, and it is exactly the thing you're talking about, where it's like weird long plot tangents that kind of go nowhere, but made me cry. Let me tell you. Yeah, uh, I love Mike Finnegan. He is so sad. Um, Mike, if you're listening to this, which I know you're not, um, I love you. Thank you for all of your great work. I think that's a taking of Deborah Logan. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think if there's like anything else I gotta. Yeah, I gotta say, Corey, like, and and we talked about this a few weeks ago when we talked about election, um, which is that I don't think wasn't here for that. Also, love that movie. Yeah, yes, really it's good. phenomenal. Thank you. Um, I think that with um. I think the best conversations about movies are ones in which, you know, I mean, we we nitpick this movie a little bit, but yeah. this movie made us go off on tangents about like how how are films made, like how does cinema work, like what do we want out of films? Like I think that like I know we spent a lot of time on side tangents in this film, but these these are always my favorite discussions on this show. Is it's like you know you can sit here and talk about the plot minutia, or you can mm-hmm. sit here and do what we did. And I think it was Harry Met Sally where we just went through all the jokes and we're like, that joke, funny. Yeah, this joke, joke, funny. Good that joke, joke funny. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I think that, um, yeah, I think that these are kind of conversations I enjoy having a little bit more, which is just like, this movie made me really think about stuff. And I think that we are prone to do this on this podcast because we are very curious people where it's like, we we hone in on the things that like we don't like or don't necessarily work about movies. And we like, hyper fixate on those even though we still like the movie because they still like this movie um yeah i think that's i think that's my parting thought for that uh my parting thought is that um you know and i bet you it's probably why uh it's probably why the visit's so good is that uh old people scary yeah that's yeah. why old is so scary. Yeah, old is Ugh. scary. Because the idea of getting old, cry. So scary, so uh, scary. We talked about it on Patreon, but I'll say it on the main feed. Uh, that was my number one movie that I was really mad I couldn't like find. I couldn't justify a way to give it some kind of accolade because pretty good movie. Not like in my opinion, not a great movie. Nothing about it was like great, but like so much was so good that I really wish we could have talked about it more. Yeah, I mean, it really, it really got me. And um, I mean, I would give it the best Oscar for um, uh, an old couple and and a rapidly aging couple on the beach sit next to each other and tell each other they're going to miss each other. And then when they die uh, and then they die. Yeah. And it's so (laughs) bad. Best Oscar for a woman breaks all of her bones all at the (laughs) same time. I love it. Um, Corey, do you want to tell the nice people where they can find us on the internet? If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review also really helps out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hhynspod. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, uh, and TikTok at hhynspod. A uh, special thank you to our patrons. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash hhynspod. We have multiple levels, all with their own perks. Like I said, if you're interested in hearing more, head over to patreon.com slash hhynspod. Yeah, and um, Corey, why don't you just go ahead and let us know what we're doing this week? Because we all know at this point, I don't have the fucking spreadsheet up. <laughs> uh, next week is Casino Royale. Oh, hell, hell yeah. yes. Carson, how have you not seen Casino Royale? We'll uh, get to that next well, week. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about it. It's going to say spoilers. <laughs> Um, that movie fucking is so good. I'm so glad we are talking about it. I love Casino Royale. 
And um, yeah, we'll see you guys next week when we talk to Cena Royale. Bye. Bye.